Ba, ba, ba. So as you can see, it's um, newsreel with me and not Neil again this week because um, well Neil's AWOL again. Um, I only have, as you can see, his um, spirit animal again with me this week. Uh, although I don't think I'm really gonna. I mean, I don't think I should put up with that. I need to. I really need to get Neil here because. It's just no good without him. I mean, we need him here as well. So I'm going to call on this bird animal to try and contact Neil and maybe manifest him somewhere or other here. So go ahead, uh, Neil, unicorn bird animal, please bring him here. Teleport him here. Do whatever. Go. Sparkle, sparkle, sparkles. And oh, my God, it worked. Neil, you're here and you're spirit animal. Don't. Don't let that spirit animal out of your sight. It's very useful. <laughs> Enough of this. Enough of that nonsense. Put him there. There you go. He needs, he needs a good rest. He did a lot of work last week when you weren't here. Look at all the books he read. I know. Um, yeah, he was very busy last week. Uh, needs a rest, definitely. So you have to, uh, have to erect the place. You have to... Uh, Make up for make up for lost time by bringing the hardcore hardcore truthiness to. Um, D- did she behave last week? She, yeah. Is that why it was? Uh, well, your spirit animals, your opposite. You know, is together that? you make a whole. Really? Yeah, I think so. But even with her, like apparently the levels of toxic masculinity here last week were just too much for some viewers. I saw that. Yeah. So you're going to bring a lot of femininity to this this week, yeah. Well, a bit of balance to the force, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. With your big bushy beard? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right, like bearded lady. So, yeah. Okay. He's a bearded lady, yes. <laughs> did, did, did Pixie say anything? Pixie, okay. Lewd or uh, offensive, thought, uh, controversial? Oh, I, I forgot to uh, change the camera for the height of. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, uh, oh, yeah. It's okay, I'll some... just sink a bit. There we go. There you go. You look, you look like a short. Leprechaun. A yeah. leprechaun now, yeah. Okay. So, well, I pay her to be controversial, so she didn't say anything. Not a thing, but thought a lot of things. I, I was reading a lot of thoughts from that side <laughs> of the table last week. She stay there. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Hang on, I'm getting back up. There we go. And, yeah, so... Um, Nuclear Armageddon, Joe. I like the body position of the spirit animal. Mm. Yes, you do. Okay, yeah. It's very relaxing, that body position. Uh, what? We're just talking about relaxing body positions, and you say, what? Nuclear <laughs> Armageddon? <laughs> Nuclear Armageddon? What, what do you mean by that? What are you, what are you, what are you trying to say? It's all over the news. Well, it has been for quite a while, no? It's in the background. It's just like a vague fear in the background that is being promoted by certain peoples or certainly yeah. thought about. Well, some people... It's always minds, a no? subtext, but occasionally it's, occasionally it's, it's wielded against people. Mm. People can... They'll know that if they reflect back. Like after 9-11, um, ginning, up, ginning up war support to invade Iraq, mm-hmm. it was mushroom clouds over U.S. cities mm. from morning to night. 
the implication being Saddam could nuke us at any time. The 45 minutes to... Well, that was the UK, yeah. The old, they both did it. It was all across the networks in the United States. So that's obvious manipulation to, you know, scare people. But it's always been a subtext, of course, since the entire nuclear age that it could happen. There was a Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. And then recently people have, you know, whether, whether they're partisan ideologues, Eastern or Western, or whether they're just fairly sound observers, they have made comparisons to this point in time mm -hmm. being similar to the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis. With one important difference, at least at the surface level, the level of official narratives both sides in this aren't trying not to do it. One of them seems to be like escalating and escalating. Yeah. So that's why I want to talk about it because it, a lot of people in the alternative would suggest that this is not being discussed enough, that mm -hmm. people are not being warned enough about how serious the situation is. Hence, their general apathy towards the issue at all. Mm. Or towards politics and what's going on in their world at all. So they're like sleepwalking. It's the the kind of Cassandra's warned that people in general are sleepwalking into their doom. Mm -hmm. Nuclear holocaust of some form or another. Yeah. We have generally been kind of dismissive or aloof from the topic. And we have our reasons for it. Do we want to state them? B cover them briefly. Um or do we want to – maybe we should lead with what happened in the news this week that has me thinking about this. Mm -hmm. um, I sent you three items, Scotty. Uh, the first one's the AP report. Um, this was widely reported, so it doesn't have to be the AP article. May 6, two days ago, U.S. gave – U.S. government, I suppose, gave intel before Ukraine sank Russian warship. As we said, when it happened, the sinking of the Moskva did not just happen because Ukraine, you know, was awesome and managed to strike the Russian Black Sea uh, flagship. They clearly had help. And there, was, it, there were signals at the time because everyone was like, Ukraine, it was bizarre. Even that nutcase ideologue advisor of Zelensky's was being like very cagey. When asked about it, told CNN, well, we're not sure. Let's just wait and see what other sources say. <laughs> so he was taking his cues from someone else. It was a full 48 hours before the Pentagon, the White House, Kiev, and others lined up behind the same story. That mm -hmm. meant something unusual had happened. Mm -hmm. that, that's what that told us. Um, also, of course, the fact that the Russians themselves also gave KG explanation. Initially, it's fine. We're towing it back to port. Oops, it sank in mm -hmm. stormy weather. There was no stormy weather. So what's striking about this, of course, is it's usually, it's usually years or decades before somebody gloats yeah. or there's some reason to – it's dug up in the archives. It's declassified, mm -hmm. whatever. This is tw two weeks after the event. They're boasting about it. Well, it's a limited hangout, though, that as well because they give more than intel probably. Far well, that's, intel. That, that's, that's definitely the subtext of this. It's like – the weapon, the people firing the weapon, the whole hand was inside the Ukrainian glove. I mean, it was an American operation painted in blue and yellow. Yeah. They, you go through the process of that, and if you're the one who's providing the intel, you're, you're, providing the, you're obviously providing weapons and all that kind of stuff, why would you bother like putting the whole package together and then having some, what, a bunch of Ukrainians you've only just met or something, only recently met, have them do it? Why, why would Who've you, never why, used it before. Why would you leave it to, to chance? It's yeah. the, the, 
the high likelihood is that it was uh, a fully uh, a, a US operation, you know. Um, put 100%, up that, 100%. Uh, just on the same topic, put up that Penta, Penta JPEG I sent you, Scotty. Um, it's, it's just an example of the, you know, we did, but we didn't type thing. You know, this was another one where um, it's from uh, a few days ago. US, US intelligence is helping Ukraine kill Russian generals, officials say. That's in the New York Times. And then another on another website, website Axios, um, a day later, <laughs> Pentagon denies US is providing Ukrainian intel to kill Russian generals. Mm-hmm. Because that's, uh, you know, I suppose that's maybe going a bit too far where they're, you know, deliberately responsible for the deaths of Russian generals. Uh-huh. That's going, that's pushing too far towards the word, you know, directly at, at war and, and openly doing it, you know. Yeah, and, and there's <coughs> another subtext here. Just as the, we only provided the intelligence for Ukraine to sink the ship, understates the U.S. role. In this case, um, we killed, hell or helped kill U.S. generals, overstates, or Russian generals overstates that matter. Because I know of at least four of the seven they claim were killed are all alive and, and well, and yeah, operational. Course, yeah. Yeah. The other three, maybe one's dead, I don't know. Yeah. So um, the subtext is it's more BS, but uh, yeah, you get the conflicting stories because who is saying what. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to the next one. As soon as the AP and others published that information that the U.S. Remember that headline just said U.S. So you're like, well, Biden signed off on it. Let's look at the next one. NBC News, same day or the same day, May 6th. What date is it? Can you scroll down a little? I'm curious if it was a day later. May May 7th, a day later. Okay, back to the headline. Biden told officials media reports about U.S. intel sharing with Ukraine are counterproductive. One official said Biden conveyed that the leak should stop, i.e. the Biden White House didn't do this. The CIA did this. The CIA sank the Russian flagship. Um, this confirms what we know. I mean, it's, it's so in your face now. I don't know how anyone can, can not make that distinction anymore. Well, obviously, we went through six years of the deep state, clearly a fact at this point. Yeah. Um, well, even even the, even the mention that the U.S. provided intel to sink the Moskva, um, it's a pretty it's a pretty kind of negative commentary on Ukrainian uh, abilities. <clears throat> well, they can't even get their own intel on a ship that's sixty kilometers off their coast. Uh, the Ukrainians can provide their own intel. They have to use CIA, intel, CIA or, or American intel. It shows just how much, how in control and how yeah. how infused within the entire operation uh, the U.S. is. They're, they're directing pretty much all of it. You know, yeah. the only thing that Ukraine is providing is manpower for the for the ground war type thing. But yeah. all of the, the rest, yeah, the cannon fodder. Well, all the radar stations were knocked out. Right, they have no AWACS in the air. Right, yeah, yeah, and it will be done. It will be done and dusted uh, long before now, but. That, that shouldn't have happened, right. given what Russia did to Ukraine's military infrastructure. Right, right for sure, yeah. So that it happened just, again, Says speaks to the fact that the CIA did it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and that was quickly followed by the last one I want to show. I mean, they, they, they make intimations like this all the time, the Russian government, but um, this was at least reported in the West and linked with the leak, in quotes. Russia ambassador to U.S. says NATO is not taking nuclear war threats seriously. That's it. That's basically it. The headline. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is is that true, so to speak? 
the US is not taking nuclear war seriously. Like the risk of it drifting or escalating <clears throat> or a decision being made, conscious or otherwise, or automated. I don't know if, if there are fail-safe, or rather, if it's not 100% fail-safe where some AI goes detecting incoming and just launches something, mm, you know, mm. and it's been spoofed. Mm. That could happen too. Okay, so the first thing is that clearly here, the real government of the United States, which is not the senile guy in the White House, as they themselves just laid out with that leak followed by, please don't do that, um, it feels it can act with impunity. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not suggesting we have crossed, the Americans have crossed a nuclear Rubicon. I'm saying it's getting fuzzier, possibly. That Russian government warning is like, is somebody over there knocking on the head? Is anybody home? You know, um, how far do we want to go with this though in suggesting that this possible for? I think despite despite Russia's like the talk about Russia's awesome uh, new weapons and all that kind of stuff that can't be defeated, blah 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 blah. Um, I think mutually assured destruction still holds sway, as it always has. Um, that doesn't mean that they couldn't. In theory, they're, they're always testing the boundaries. Even in Ukraine right now, the, the U.S. is testing the boundaries or pushing the boundaries of what it can do uh, against Russia or against any other enemy in the name of someone else or with, you know, with someone else holding, holding the knife or, uh, you know, in this case, how much it can, how much suffering or how much damage it can inflict on Russia and the Russian military and on Russia itself with the with the border crossings into Russia, the attacks mm. across the border. They're, they're, they're testing to see how far they can go, uh, you know, without provoking any kind of a, a direct response from the... I mean, certainly, the, the, the Russians probably know that, Mo, that the Moscow Moskva was, was sunk by a, an American missile. They probably have come to that conclusion themselves. Uh, so America, as far as the Russian government is concerned, America directly sank the flagship of the Russian Black Sea Fleet. And cricket and, and crickets and crickets. So it just shows you that they, 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 they can absorb a lot. The extent, but the, 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 the yeah. size of the the amount of leeway that, that is available there, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it's understood by both sides. It's, it's understood, understood to not be in their interest to talk about that, not be in their interest, not in the Russian government's interest, obviously, because they haven't talked about it, uh, to accuse the U.S. of doing that. Imagine if the shoe was on the other foot. If the yes, if the shoe was on the other foot, and. Um, Peskov and not Kirby. Kirby didn't know. He was genuinely like, well, the Russians say that, you know, it caught fire, explosives went off, and they started towing it back to port. So that's what I'm going with. Mm. Um, if Peskov is giving that explanation, and then someone from behind him leaks to the press, two weeks later, actually, we, the Russians, basically sunk that ship. The, the thing is, in that situation, you previously gave them an out. In the real world situation, the United States CIA gave Russia an out to just absorb it and not have to yeah, by making it covert, retaliate by making it covert, yeah. by doing it covertly. But if you then go and tell the world that you did it, well, it gets leaked out, yeah, and they don't officially say that's true. No, there's no official statement, there's no official gloating, whatever, but it's in the press, right? It's speculative. Mm -hmm. And the press getting that with their inside sources and in intel communities, they, they, they put stories out like that because, you know, they're interesting and they get this clickbait, right? But um, it's kind of interesting because if the shoe was on the other foot and Russia 
uh, sank an American ship. I mean, I know it's not exactly the exact opposite situation or the ex- exact equivalent, but um, America will be all over it. America would be, for, you know, front and center accusing Russia of having done this and saber-rattling and saying there would be, there would be um, consequences and there would be more sanctions or whatever else, you know what I mean? There's a declaration of war. Like, I mean, you know, um, America has no, no problem, as we saw on 9-11 and uh, at different on different occasions with the wars that they've been inv- uh, involved in, uh, using extremely bellicose rhetoric against their enemy, you know. But Russia doesn't do that, you know, because Russia's playing a different game, I suppose. And um, yeah, but yeah, the Americans would be all, the Americans would be all over it. Anybody sink an American ship, the outrage, they'd be they'd be whipping up national patriotic sentiment, and they'd be calls for they'll be calling for Russian blood left right and center you know I think they would hit back I think they would hit a ship or equivalent yeah or more a base or something mm-hmm. yeah um, first fair you know but there are no there, unfortunately there are no uh, American ships in the Black Sea at the moment right there's, there's something in the med though surely at this yeah. time yeah historically MAD has kept the two locked in mm-hmm. so that um since 1962, certainly. So what follows from this mutual un- mutually assured destruction is an understanding that everything short of that is kosher. You know? Don't put... Neither, Dirty tactics. No one put, neither party puts the other in a position where they have no choice, where they feel compelled to use them. Now, you know, America used them for shits and giggles in 1945 in, uh, in, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, right? But no country... Today, I think would use nuclear weapons. At least the one, the, the main, you know, nuclear powers. Nuclear powers. Um, none of them would use them unless, as the Russians have been clear about, unless they were they felt that it was uh, required to to protect their existence, basically to protect their. Putin said that explicitly. That is Russian strategic doctrine. Yeah. The viability of the state has to be in question. Right. To use them. Yeah. Um, but that's the same for. That's, but that's but that's where mutual assured destruction comes in. The viability of the state. Uh, the same is true for uh, the Brits, for the French, for the Americans, uh, Chinese, for the Chinese, etc. Because the viability of the state is in question if you use them. Right. So don't don't use them. So everybody, don't use them everybody, first. everybody, don't everybody says not to use them first, so then nobody uses them. You know. So it's funny to see in the media, yeah, all the, the kind of talking heads, just like, it's, it's, they, they put it out, you know, the media puts it out there and then other talking heads who, who should know better or other social media influencers or people on Twitter or whoever, whatever you want to call them, put it out there as, you know, people who should know better and at least up until now have shown an ability for some critical thinking, just throw that out there as, an, uh, uh, you know, as a, as a bit of fear-mongering or as a, some emotional ploy or something. I don't know what they're doing, but there's no, there's no proper thinking behind it in the way that we've just we've done it. They, I mean, anybody who goes through the process knows, through, through the analytical process, knows that nuclear war is not going to happen in the modern age. Uh-huh. Even... Why do you think they're putting so much effort into this war in the way that they're putting it into it? And why do you right. think America has put so much effort and the Brits and, ex- and French, etc., put so much effort into wars in Syria, for example, where they're not officially at war with the Syrian government, but a bunch of jihadis running around with M-16s and 
uh, American anti-tank weapons. And, and Toyota pick- and pickups, Toyota pickups in Texas. They're the ones who are at war with... So, I mean... Okay. It, it's all covert, you know what I mean? And it, that's been de- that was decided on a long time ago, you know, um, that, that, that modern warfare would be engaged in covertly, you know? Do you think... Okay, that's... And that, that, that underscores all of this. Do you think, though, that the U.S. regime... Do you ever wonder if they're not nuts enough or becoming more unhinged that they could seriously consider doing something crazy? Like here, here What's something crazy? Well <clears throat> if not nuking first, directly attacking Russia, mm-hmm. military targets. Mm-hmm. Um and when, if and when Russia responds in, with same, will the U.S. just go, okay, well, fair dues, you smacked us here, we smacked you there? Mm-hmm. Or will, they, will it provoke escalatory? Because they want to maintain dominance. NATO unity, uh, U.S. superpower status is dependent on the image that no one dare smack up. Mm-hmm. You know? Not um, publicly, not officially. But of course, like I, I think I was saying this to you earlier on, in prior to the Moscow, mm. uh, if you want a rationale, obviously it it, had, it was it was a propaganda win in and of itself to sh- to, to sink the, uh, the flagship of the Russian Black Sea Fleet. Um, but prior to that, you had sev- on several occasions you had uh, Russia bombing, sent, firing missiles and uh, at, at training centers that, yeah. that that they that they described more or less as NATO training centers on Ukrainian territory with Ukrainian, uh, NATO member state uh, personnel, military personnel, officers and stuff. And they, you know, they were large, that was large implied, no, but large no, one, no one admitted it. Right, large numbers of people killed. So, of course, nobody admitted it, but you can assume that that's the case, right, that at least in the, in the past two and a half months, that on at least one or two occasions, NATO, NATO operatives have been caught with their pants down. Now, is that seen as an attack on, when you talk about NATO, you, talk, you mean the U.S., effectively. So is that seen as an attack by Russia on the U.S.? And does the U.S. then feel that they're justified in attacking back in a, you know, asymmetrical but similar way, i.e. the sinking of the Moscow? And is that how it's all for, all's fair in, in uh, war and dodgeball? Uh, That's how the Americans c- could and probably do see it then. It's a counter-strike. Right. Not as which, as it seems when we're, would, we're looking at the outside as yeah. a crazy escalation, which would be why uh, Russia uh, swallowed it. I said, "Okay, so okay, you know, we were we were pretty happy whenever uh, you know we we hit those NATO training centers and stuff, and it must have been pretty difficult for you to to deal with that. So, okay, you hit the Moskva, fair enough, you know. Um, we won't let that happen again, but you know, fair enough." I hear you. There's still a, quali- personal, there's still a qualitative difference. One is a NATO training center that officially has no NATO personnel in it, i.e. no Americans. Except it does. Except it does. But the American population doesn't then get a news flash for a day or three or five with, you know, American flagship whatever, X, mm-hmm. completely destroyed, mm-hmm. dozens dead, but that's because the Russia did contr- control of the media, the the, the Western domination of the obviously the Western media, but 
to a large extent, the global media or to the to have the global the ear of the global audience, and have had it for a long time. That's that's their 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 privilege. Uh, in in in, do, in you know in, in, in shaping reality, yeah, and in, in building up their media to have such a widespread, they get to dominate the discourse. Of course, the discourse is, especially around this Ukrainian situation, is almost entirely false, and that false narrative that's put out there can help to keep the population at home on side, although they're not doing very well at that keep the Ukrainian population on side, keep them supporting the war, keep the Ukrainian troops supporting the war. So all of those lies in the media and distortions of what's actually happening uh, are good from that point of view, but they don't affect the course of the war in terms of what Russia's doing. Like, no matter how, like, as we talked previously, mm-hmm. no matter how many times they say Russia's losing this war, that is not going to cause Russia, Russia to lose the war. Mm-hmm. Except they th- th- think that it might in the sense that if we keep saying Russia's losing, Russia's on the back foot, Russia, Putin's, Putin's uh, you know, being uh, criticised by his, uh, sta- his generals and his advisors, he's, you know, he's failing, he's ill, he's sick. Mm-hmm. That, they think, may contribute to Russia possibly losing the war if that kind of uh, talk or, or those kind of messages embolden the Ukrainian military to keep fighting. Because uh, the bottom line is if the Ukrainian military gets to the point where they collapse for whatever reason, either through, you know, uh, being, you know, attacked and, 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 you know, blown up basically by the, by the Russian military um, or them losing morale, mm-hmm. <clears throat> something spreading, uh, a contagion of, of, of uh, low morale spreading throughout the Ukrainian military, if they all have... A, one day I'll wake up and say, what the hell are you doing here? This is ridiculous. Then it's over. Yeah. You know? And if that isn't helping on the ground in Ukraine, then I suppose a secondary hope or target, if achievable, is that it has an effect on morale within Russia and some and mm-hmm. reaches also, a point where it takes yeah. and there's a coup d'etat against Putin or right. mass protests mm-hmm. and the government falls or mm-hmm. something. So yeah, like we've talked about, the information war and propaganda war is very important, and it's seen as very important by America, especially America, um, and for good reason. You know, it it's not reality creation, but it does have a tangible effect, uh, you know, a real world effect, or it can have a real world effect if it works, if it if it if it takes takes root, you know. Um, but yeah, it doesn't. Like we said, it doesn't. When they say Russia. Uh, has lost the war. Russia is retreating. Uh, that doesn't mean Russia's retreating. That just means the media says that Russia's retreating, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so no so, nuclear uh, Armageddon. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Not in Ukraine, not as a result of Ukraine. No. And conflicting US-Russian interests there. You can't even use low... I mean, the only... It depends what you mean by nu- nuclear war. Nuclear war. I uh, mean, it's the point of an es- escalation to the point where... Um, well, I suppose on the U.S. All side, war, where, where, where it, there's no, there's no, you're not like, you can't be a bit pregnant, and you can't have a bit of nuclear war. It's all or nothing, right? Because it escalates by definition. <clears throat> if you mean that, then no. If you, I would leave open the possibility that someone might. I don't even know if this is possible, but it's, the only thing I would leave open is a possibility that someone might use uh, kind of a lower yield nuclear device somewhere. But again, uh, that's dangerous because it can be interpreted by the other side as well. You've actually opened the opened the door to nuclear war, so we're going to respond in kind. So, and yeah, you know, I don't I don't know where that would maybe 
you can't, it can't be low enough yield that it doesn't have the desired effect, right? So it has to be high enough yield where it actually wants enough type thing, you know? What about one in Washington? Would that just... No, it wouldn't because they've, they've rigged it so that... Oh, yeah. That's the nature of math. It's all yeah, rigged yeah. so that it yeah. does counter-strike straight away. And if a nuke goes off in Washington, D.C., you know, if it's a missile or whatever, or, you know, there's going to be no question about who did it. About right? who did it at this point in time. Right. Okay, so set, let, we'll return to the Ukraine war, but would you ever imagine a scenario where... China does it. Well, we'll or a cooperation. The U.S. is going around pissing so many people off. Like, this trajectory, this could be decades out, you know, so this here, my scenario is separate from what's going on now. Like, I don't know. It, it has been said of a certain other country in the world that they have a quote Samson option. Mm-hmm. If they perceive that their big dogs are not being cooperative, never mind their enemies, which are a lot of other countries, they have ways and means specifically um, nuclear-powered submarines armed with nuclear warheads. Who does? Israel. Yeah. Are they the only ones who put it out as one of their own people once said, I forget who it was, maybe ex-Mossad general or something, Israel should be like a mad dog to others so that they don't even try to test this, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. We just bark aggressively, snarl at them first. Act first, you know, every time. I just, I see a situation longer term where the U.S. is no longer rationally playing game theory with this, you know? Yeah. Um, Where they just lash out. But anyway, that's totally out there. It's um, for now. I think that's that's not the problem that's facing humanity, like they're facing the people of this planet, you know? It's the encroaching, ongoing... Uh, energy, food, mm-hmm. economic issues, basically, uh, that are that are growing and you know inexorably moving in that direction over the next year, eighteen months. It's going to get pretty bad. I know lots of people have been saying that and stuff, but it probably is, you know. But people are being acclimatized to it. You notice this period, and it happens all the time where people are acclimatized to a new reality. You know, say like that. That I don't know if it's put yeah. in place, but it starts to happen, and no one stops it. It'll, it's allowed to continue on. Of course, you know, the energy crisis and the food, food production crisis have been seriously exacerbated by, well, it's being exacerbated by the situation in Ukraine in many different ways. And the US and its allies are attempting to prolong that with the net result that they will create a worse energy and food crisis as, as time, time progresses. Uh, but people already are getting used to the idea of, you know, their bills are going up a little bit here, food's going up a little bit here. You know, there's cert- certain things maybe you're having difficulty getting in different places. It's just drip, drip, you know, slowly, slowly, everybody gets, gets the message and then, you know, you accommodate, you adjust to the new reality a little bit and then they make it a little bit worse and a little bit worse and a little bit worse, you know. Uh, it's like, yeah, sleepwalking in a way and bringing people along <coughs> to the point where, they, they've normalized everything. They've yeah. normalized. They, I wouldn't be surprised if people normalized. There is no uprising or no, you know, riots or anything like that in a situation where people are like in Germany who are, are shutting off their, you know, have no power or whatever, lighting candles and are taking cold showers to to say take that Putin and stuff. <laughs> Not to be saying take that Putin, but they'll just accept it. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, sure, it's just the way of the world. Yeah. I often get the sense from people who harp on and on about the threat of nuclear apocalypse. You don't understand. You don't understand that they're, 
they know, maybe a part of them knows deep down, there's a kind of slow motion doomsday scenario unfolding. And they just want it to end quickly. Yeah, get on with it. <laughs> kind of a nihilistic, like, just just get over it. Yeah. I, there was a great thing. Lavrov's, you know, awesome. Anybody who has any sense understands that Lavrov is, a, is probably a, one of the best, you know, foreign ministers in the world, one of the best politicians the world ha- in the world has been for a very long time. But he, he said something recently. It was on, on RT online, and I think it was RT Arabic or something like that. But anyway, it's on uh, a Twitter, uh, one of the Twitter links sent to Saudi, Shahzad Azif. Um, it's, what is it, 24 seconds, and it's awesome because he just sums up the problem. Not the problem, but he sums up the situation in 24 seconds. And that's, in a certain sense, that's all you need to know. People just need to understand what he says or listen to what he says and, and think about it, and boom, you, you have an, a, answers, the answer or an answers to many, many different questions that you might have about this situation. If you, are took, uh, if you cannot sleep because of Russia-Ukrainian conflict, uh, there are some advices uh, to, to, to calm you down. First, imagine that this is happening in Africa. Imagine this is happening in the Middle East. Imagine Ukraine is Palestine. Imagine Russia is the United States. And and and, he, and go back to not caring. Yeah. Go back to not caring. Like you've always not cared when it's been uh, yeah. in that configuration. Yeah. When the world instead of it's Russia, when the world was great. Yeah. And when everything was great and everybody's living hand the hog and everything was fantastic and there were no problems apart from climate change. Uh, but yeah, just take the word Russia from all the news cycles today and put U.S. and take Ukraine or even just leave it as Ukraine. Just change right Russia for the U.S. And then fill in the narratives that, that justify it. Because that's what you did uh, on, in every single war that the U.S. has waged or been involved in over the past 20, 25 years. That's, that's what you did. You had, you had a positive spin on it. So put your positive spin on it. There you go. And then you go back to sleep. Or Palestine. Or Palestine. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, given yeah. what else he said this yeah, well, week. <laughs> you don't care about Palestine. You don't care right. about what Israel is. You've never cared what Israel is doing in Palestine. So don't care about this either. What's the difference, really? How can there be a, a you know... Uh, sure, there, there's there's moral equivalency there. You know what I mean? For people, it's, people yeah. don't think. You know. I think it was the same um, interview he gave where he said this. Um, he he got himself in hot water. Not from that comment, but this one. about uh, Hitler's ancestry. Людей на востоке Украины, чтобы им не грозила ни милитаризация этой страны, ни нацификация этой страны, и чтобы с территории Украины не исходили угрозы безопасности Российской Федерации. Но то, что аргумент он выдвигает, какая может быть у нас нацификация, когда я еврей, я, если правильно помню, боюсь ошибиться, но, по-моему, у Гитлера тоже была еврейская кровь. Это абсолютно ничего не значит. И мы уже давно э, слышали мудрость, мудрый еврейский народ, который говорит, что самые ярые антисемиты, как правило, евреи. Throw up that article, the article you sent to Scotty. It has, you have to 
get rid of a few pop-up windows or whatever, but... Um, <laughs> who's that? Oh, look, there's Putin. Oh! That's, um... Yeah, that's an older article, right? Studies suggest Adolf Hitler had Jewish and African ancestors. Well, what Lavrov said there was, like, you know, carrying the media over the past week as... Uh, Lavrov says... Hitler was Jewish. Hitler was Jewish. Um, of course, it's a bit of a black and white take on it. But um, the fact of the matter is, it's been well known among historians for a long time that it's possible that Hitler had some Jewish ancestry. Now, so for Lavrov to cite that in the context in which he cited it, which was as a pushback against all these claims yeah. about, you know, how can you be denazifying Ukraine when... The, when the Prime Minister or the, or the President of Ukraine is, um, is is Jewish himself. Well, it's like, dude, it's not so simple. What what kind of, you, you know, you live in a unicorn world, like, you know, um, where, where, you know, it's just goodies and baddies all the time and everything's binary, simple, black or white. It's obviously not, so, yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, there were rumours that Hitler had Jewish ancestry at the time. They grew after the war those were refuted in historical studies that just tried to go based on records, you know, family tree. It is known that his grandfather, Alois Hitler, I think his surname was, um, was the birth of an illegitimate, not marriage, just a one-night stand. Of a but ma- that ma- a his- maid in a Rothschild house? Um, not ro- that's one rumor, but the more realistic one. Again, these are all refuted and count dark counterclaims up the wazoo, disproving because it is circumstantial. Uh, when you when you're just looking at family tree stuff, the counterclaim was um, I can't remember. Anyway, it was refuted. But that history dot com article is different. That's going on genetic studies mm-hmm. that were done on two of his descendants, mm-hmm. one living in Europe and one living mm-hmm. in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he and that was, thing about African, I don't think it's African. The the history dot com article says the relatives, the two relatives in question, their most dominant haplogroup is rare in Western Europeans, but common among North Africans and particularly tribes in Morocco, Algeria, Libya, and Tunisia. Mm-hmm. It's also one of the major founding lineages of the Jewish population, mm-hmm. particularly in the Sephardic Jews, who, mm-hmm. of course, were most found mostly in North Africa, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not that he had Jewish and African. Right. <laughs> there's yeah. there's a, a Jewish signal in his, in his family tree for sure, and it's mm-hmm. a strong one, mm-hmm. like a third. He was a super quarter diverse. quarter to a third of his genes are Jewish. Yeah, he was super diverse. Yeah. Well, long before it was cool to be diverse. So that is actually a fact. Well, it's at least very possible. Well, it's and a reasonable they thing. All to, over Lavrov yeah. all week long. Yeah, about that comment. But in in fairness, though, it is just something you just you don't want to go there. No, you know. So he he might not have said that if he thought better yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. But he when you if you're Lavrov and you're taking this shit all day long, like. Finally, how do you not like step on it, yeah. someone's toes and just shout something back at them? You know. Yeah. For sure. Um, Israel said it's unforgivable. Mm-hmm. But then they forgave him when Putin called Bennett. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, so uh, where do you want to go next? I mean, Victory Day tomorrow. Victory Day for Victory 
today in Europe, not that anyone even remembers anymore, although it is usually a holiday in France. When today your man, Sunday. When your man Hitler <coughs> gave up. <laughs> yeah. The last days in Berlin. Yeah. Um, Time. It's funny how that it's, it's remembered less and less. Not in Russia. Not in Russia. And, and the two, the West and Russia have diverged. Mm-hmm. It, you know what's become a bigger day, actually, in the last 15 years? D-Day. Mm. The Americans, I think, and possibly the British, are keen to accentuate June 6th, 1944, Normandy landing mm-hmm. over anything else. As if that was a victory, yeah. Because, because that was all them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? And you can just Make it all completely exclude... All the rest, Stalingrad, yeah, the turnaround. Especially the Russians exclude them. Yeah. Does anyone know who the, the main general was who destroyed the Nazi war machine? No. It's Marshal Zhukov. Mm-hmm. Zhukov should be a household name in the West. Yeah. Never heard of him. Not allowed. Uh, and, well, tomorrow's Victory Day, uh, May 9th, Victory Day in Russia. It's a big celebration. There's a big military parade and stuff in Moscow. They're planning plan for it. There's also some suggest. well, some people are suggesting that the, the Yukis may be trying, you know, in in terms of in the context of hand and glove, American hand and the Ukrainian glove, uh, that tomorrow they may try to do something to uh, spoil uh, the Victory Day celebrations, you know, that uh, the, the marking of that day by the by the Russians, that they may try to do something uh, pretty nasty. Yeah, the uh, Russian MOD <clears throat> formally put out a statement. Just, just... Um, they have intelligence that Specific, they have specific data, so they they may use that the Yukis may use those uh, Tochka U mm-hmm. cluster munitions mm. that we know have been used in Donetsk for sure, and Kramatorsk was the Kramatorsk mm-hmm. railway station. Mm-hmm. Uh, how fast they dropped that story mm-hmm. as a Russian atrocity mm-hmm. when, like the Italian film crew, revealed that the serial number on the side of the damn weapon was Ukrainian. Um, so they may yeah, try to do some atrocity. And there's crowded places in Lvov. So that's firmly under Western Ukrainian uh, Kiev control. Um, and Volnaskaya regions, um, possibly something in the DPR and elsewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's not much. Another atrocity that they warn about is that um, Ukrainian nationalist battalions dressed in mil- Russian military uniform. Um, plan to fire at residential homes from armored vehicles mm-hmm. marked with the Z sign. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not much more they can do than, than they've already done. I mean, how far, how much more can you demonize Russia as, you know, evil, you know, aggressor, killing civilians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the stuff that, that people have been, you know, subjected to over the past two and a half months. Um, how much more of that can, can you do? Or is it worth doing? I mean, when people are already saturated with it, people have got the message. Yeah. What, what's, the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the gain from adding mortar? You know, is, is there something worse? Chemical weapon attack maybe, uh, maybe or, or causing some kind of chemical weapon attack, maybe, maybe bombing the Ukrainians or the Americans or somebody bombing a chemical weapons, um, you know, storage site in Ukraine, causing, you know, large numbers of deaths or something. Would that... Would that stop Russia? No. Would it make Russia look even worse than it already is? Probably. Would it have any effect? Would anybody care? Probably not. Uh, how many bads do you put on? How many, how many other adjectives are there for, for, for bad and evil and aggressor? Can you add into, you know, can you, can you 
prefix the word Russia with, you know, or Putin. You know, evil, bad, nasty, rotten, devilish, you know. Antichrist. Antichrist. Literally Hitler. Literally Hitler. Putin. How many, I mean, you know, there's war weariness type thing. There's war propaganda weariness that, that starts to set in. And again, the normalization aspect of it works. Oh, look, there's, there's a war going on in Ukraine. If this extends on another six months, you think in like three or four months, and it'd be going to really care, except for the diehard people who are really like into it and trying their best to either, you know, reveal what's going on or the pro-Ukrainian side that are, you know, still, you know, flying the flag for Ukraine. I mean, the vast majority of people, the vast majority of people already don't care, especially in Western countries, don't really know very much about it, don't follow it, just get the odd headline and have let it go. People in America, most people in America can't spell Ukraine, not, not can't spell, not most people <laughs> in America can't spell Ukraine, but most people in America don't really know where no, Ukraine where is, is, don't have yeah. a geographic reference for it and don't really care. And I would say if you did a poll and if you went to some places, you would, you might get, no, I haven't heard about that war. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So we have to remember that. Uh, but there are immediate <clears throat> needs and reasons for doing it. Biden has so far signed off, this is the official figures from the US, $14 billion in weapons to Ukraine. Recently, though, he's asked for another $33 billion, mm. more than double he hasn't asked in weapons. The defense contractors have asked for those. The defense contractors. Because they're saying, like, listen, we've got a lot of stock here. It's been sitting around for literally, in, in many cases, decades not being used um, we're shipping it over it's old stuff we're shipping it over to Ukraine but we want to replace it with new stuff and we want we want the uh, we want the new, new contracts but uh, for all this to work Congress has to sign off on it now those congressmen they don't just listen to their rich constituents like Lockheed and Raytheon there, there is a response to public pressure. You have to, you have to have enough of that going on. You can't have total apathy out there. And in fact, the opposite constituents, you know, hammering them to not go along with this. Mm. There does it, it. It has a functional purpose for the for U.S. war needs right now. Like this thirty three billion. If this is signed off, if Ukraine will leapfrog. Most countries that the U.S. has given uh, weapons and other forms of military aid to, in, in, in total figures since 1945, mm -hmm. it will become fourth, I think I saw. Israel is still number one, and that, it's a long way before you catch up with Israel. But it's like, mm -hmm. it's leapfrogging Pakistan, mm -hmm. which has had billions given to it over decades, mm -hmm. you know. Um, tomorrow, the Lend-Lease Act Again, Biden didn't write it. It was written for him, yes, and contractors and lobbyists and blah, blah, blah. But for congressmen to rubber stamp it such, such that he can sign it tomorrow, pointedly on Victory Day in mm -hmm. Russia, um, that's, and as the media have been careful to point out, that's the first time they've done it. They're rekindling a World War II thing there, Lend-Lease to, well, at the time it was to the USSR. Uh, uh, yeah. Against Germany, now it's to Ukraine, yeah. against Russia. Um, again, the, 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 the political class, the, the purpose of the messaging, whether or not it's taking in the population, whether or not they're sick of it, the politicians need to respond to constituents in order to lend for least, it all to work. Lend-lease, though, is, is, is better than just giving the money and giving the weapons without any strings attached, you know, because lend-lease means you're, on the, you're on, the, on the hook for Ukraine is on the hook. The Ukrainian people 
the Ukrainian economy is on the hook for paying it back. Uh, I'm pretty sure Germany, well, Germany had debts, obviously, from the Second World War, but Russia, I think, stopped paying off uh, the, the debts from Lend-Lease in 1945 in about 2007 or 2008. So it was like 60 years later. They were basically in debt to America for 60, 60 years as a result of Lend-Lease. So it's good for business, like. Big time. Biden went to Lockheed Martin plant mm. uh, yesterday. Can we, <coughs> can we play that one? I just sent it to you. <laughs> Again, we know it's BS. Do most Americans care? Well, he's going to... A lot, of comp- you know, a lot of people are employed by these companies. Let's hear what he says. You're making it possible for the Ukrainian people to defend themselves without us having to risk getting a third world war by sending in American soldiers fighting Russian soldiers. My dad used to have an expression. He said, the only war worse than one that's intended is one that's unintended. You're allowing the Ukrainians to defend themselves. And quite frankly, they're making fools of the Russian military in many instances. A big part of the reason they've been able to keep up fighting and to make this war a strategic failure for Russia is because the United States, together, our allies and partners, have had their back. The United States alone has committed more than 5,500 javelins to Ukraine. You're changing the nation. You really are. Add to that significant supplies from our allies and partners, as well as many thousands of other anti-tank anti-air weapons, helicopters, armored vehicles, artillery, coastal defense systems. Before Russia attacked, we made sure Russia had javelins and other weapons to strengthen the defenses so Ukraine was ready for whatever happened. In the last two months, we continued to move even more resources and equipment at a rapid pace into Ukraine. We've made sure that there are no interruptions in the flow of equipment to Ukraine. Since Russia invaded Ukraine just over two months ago, we have sent more than $3 billion in security assistance to Ukraine alone, us, not counting our allies. And that money is a direct investment in defending freedom and democracy itself. Because if you don't stand up to dictators, history has shown us they keep coming. They keep coming. All right, they didn't say it in that one. Just play that one there because this is the same place. and it's from a few days ago, March 4th, so four days ago he was there, uh, to play that. They can hit targets up to 400 meters away and have a fire-and-forget capability. That means a person firing can, I know you know, but it's for anybody who maybe listen, can change positions or take cover before that javelin even strikes home. Strikes target. Like me. In fact, they've been so important. There's even a story about Ukrainian parents naming their children, not a joke their newborn child, Javelin or Javelina. Not a joke. So, imagine going to... Imagine going... Actually, Ukrainian captured soldiers say the Javelins are shite. Yeah, I know. Well, that's, that's perfect propaganda. But imagine going... like it, It's obviously it's probably bullshit, but he says, no joke, this is serious. I've heard of this. I heard it somewhere. Uh, but um, imagine going to a weapons manufacturer that makes anti-tank weapons. Uh, and in order to encourage those people in their jobs producing anti-tank weapons that you're telling them is, are being sent to a, a country. Uh, that really appreciates fight, them. That really appreciates but that <laughs> that the, the citizens of those countries are naming their children after the weapons that you're making. Cause, well, how would you feel about that? I mean, I suppose, I don't know what it would be like to be in the head of a, uh, an employee of a defense, defense contractor, but would you feel proud about that? 
if you have any conscience whatsoever, do you feel proud that like lethal weapons that you're making are being <laughs> used, the name of them is, are, are being used to name children in a foreign country? Something very uh, sick and... It's uniquely about, American. It's uniquely American. Just like, uh, just like Biden is. Fire and forget. That's what Biden does. Fire and forget. He fires off comments and then forgets what he said. Does um, he boast that those javelinas can reach their targets from 400 meters away? Yeah. That's... 400 meters. That's wow. crap. Isn't it, Scotty? <laughs> Tell me that's... What? That's nothing to brag about. No, it's not. 400 meters is not. No. Oh, Lord. In reality, of course, the javelins are being captured in droves because they either... They oh. won't have a chance to use them, or when they do use them, they're hitting tanks 10, 12 times, and it's not... Yeah, they or they don't fire. Um, at least that's some of the reports. But again, it's consistent with the fact that America, all these weapons America is shipping, and so quickly and easily shipping, and so happily shipping to Ukraine are old stock that haven't been necessarily maybe maintained so well, uh, don't work so well, uh, including the, the new, new shipments of um, howitzers and, uh, you know, Artillery that they're sending, I think it's called an M777 or whatever, uh, it's basically an, uh, an artillery gun. Uh, they're shipping those all you know, out, out of America, out of, out of mothball, mothball storage. Mm. Uh, That's been so, the case so, so far, but do you not get the sense from this massive ramp up, declared ramp up in volume of production and uh, in value of total? stocks being shipped that they're going to send new stuff no because they won't get there because Russia of course last week started that, hitting railway yeah and, yeah exactly yeah and um, and uh, some bridges in western Ukraine although lend lease may, may make, make a change to that but Ukraine isn't looking very good for, for paying back debts you know what I mean <laughs> and, no. uh, down the line in the future you know but do, do you not get the impression the, true do you not get the impression though that the, the US doesn't care about that, and they're plugging into this. This, in terms of escalation, they're going further in with this. Yeah, for money. For money, primarily. Despite, but despite knowing that they they're not going to get out much out of Ukraine unless they win, they have to actually capture territory. They have to do what they did in Syria. It's ide- yeah, it's ideological. In northeast Syria, I'll tell you where the money's coming from, and this is kind of indirectly. Put up that Twitter uh, link. The first one I sent you, Scotty, on Holy Rom three. Is the Twitter account <laughs> to play that? Oh, I saw. Bro, how are we going out to eat? Trying to have us a nice little brunch. And we're okay, we did get a mimosa. We got some morning buns. We had some fried chicken biscuits. And some chicken and waffle and a Topo Chico. And a mother and child reunion. But I don't remember this. What's this? How she just charge us a dollar for Ukraine? Ukraine ain't never sent me no dollar without asking me. <laughs> Haiti ever just, you ever took a dollar in the name of Haiti? Just without asking people, just go ahead and add it? Why, why I owe Ukraine a dollar? I ain't agree to this. Because it's patriotic. Or how are we going? Um, so I, maybe most Americans have heard of Ukraine by now because it's coming out of there. It's well, on their bills. I mean, obviously, that's an, on, on a bill from a, a restaurant. That, that's gone I, woke or something. Or Yeah, that's adding that, but whatever. But it's coming out of taxpayers' pockets, basically. That's where all the money's coming from. So, in the end, the Fed can keep printing dollars uh, and giving them to uh, arms manufacturers <clears throat> to make weapons for Ukraine. 
and the people who will carry the can will be the American uh, population. Carry the can from one point of view, but from another, Lockheed, Raytheon, etc., getting massive contracts Keeps means the, the employees stay. <clears throat> yeah, they might even get pay rises. It's good for the economy. Just, just in that sector, mind you. I have. Um, I think people should read this one in full. It's not very long. I'll just quote a bit from it. Put up this one from Mother John Scotty um, about the volumes of weapons the U.S. is has and is planning to ship to Ukraine. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Biden's $33 billion aid request for Ukraine is unlike anything we've ever, see, we've ever seen. This is where I read that uh, it's, it's, it's insane how Ukraine is now number four now in all-time sales of military aid. Um, it says in the report, maybe you can find it, if, if Congress approves Biden's request, the U.S. government will have sent Ukraine... Forty-seven in less than a year. More money than all but a handful of countries have ever received in total from the U.S. Further on, there's a guy called, um, they they quote Jeff Abramson, Abramson, a senior fellow at the Arms Control Association who helped maintain the tracking sheet, the figures that this report produced. Quote from him, the amount of weapons going to Ukraine at the pace it is going, is spectacular. We're still in an escalatory phase of this war. There's so much going in, and it's not that big of an army. Now, he dropped it off there. He didn't, they didn't quote him any more on that. But it seemed to suggest an intimation from this guy who tracks U.S. weapons sales that he's like looking at the size of Ukraine's army, looking at the volume going in, and he's thinking, hang on doesn't add up we're saturating ukraine beyond its capacity to use mm-hmm. this stuff that's money okay that's financial offloading you know if you've got a bunch of of weapons that have been stuck like i said in storage for decades because you haven't used them and you want rid of them because they're just costing you money effectively and they're, they're not generated the fact that they're there means you're not generating generating new contracts or, or new orders for them well you want to find any country you can in the world to dump those weapons on and you'll dump as many as, you know, you'll, you'll talk it up and say, oh, you know, you need, you need a lot more than that. And we're going to, it's a dumping ground for weapons, mm. which, again, generates more income for defense contractors, which is good for the economy. It, it literally it's is. The, economy the, the, the military industrial <clears throat> complex is, uh, in large part, a tax base mm-hmm. for the United States. They want people employed because they pay income tax, et cetera, et cetera. They, they are dependent on the system. And mm-hmm. this is a boon. Mm-hmm. The Ukraine war is is how the U.S. stays mm-hmm. functional at all. Well, and yeah, and one of its main main sectors. Yeah, throw up the Times Square, uh, JPEG Scotty. Uh, this is for just referencing tomorrow, um, which is Victory Day, Victory Day celebrations in in Russia. This is what Times Square uh, <laughs> had to say. Uh, i.e., this is what the American government effectively had to say about uh, Victory Day tomorrow. Oh, uh-huh. May 9th, Russian. Victory, no, shame day. And May 9th is spattered in blood. So that's on display in Times Square. It's a shame day. Not victory day, shame day. <clears throat> that's what they want you to believe, but whatever. Crazy. Of course, we know why, what they're getting out of the messaging and stuff. But it's, it's, it's 
it's horrifying when you step back. Remember that it's about defeating the Nazi war machine. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's flipped in our time where to mark that, to celebrate that, is, is the evil. And then the evil of the Nazis, that's not even mentioned. That's not even... Mm-hmm. That's, no one's talking about that. It's the evil of the Russians. It's... It's hard to it, symbolically. I mean, Russia going into Ukraine to denazify it. It's like, okay, we have to counter that narrative, right? Let's just say he's making it up. In fact, we'll, we'll flip it on his head. He's the Hitler of today. His war machine is the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And you don't just you don't just score a propaganda victory here and now. You completely subvert the popular understanding, the common understanding that we're all, mm-hmm. have, we put born after that war had drilled into us as well, that just overlooks it. Mm-hmm. Like, again, another unintended consequence of this for, what about the, the sub-religion that came out of, the sub-secular religion that came out of World War Two, the Holocaust, mm-hmm. the Shoah. You know, in France, mm-hmm. in the United States as well, school kids until today, have it drilled into the Holocaust was the worst thing ever, the worst thing ever, the worst thing ever. Never happened again, you know, mm-hmm. over and over. Mm-hmm. And then the current propaganda needs of the day come along and just completely underwrite mm-hmm. and pull the rug out from under them. Yeah. Um, there was another, Snake Island was in the, <clears throat> in the news the past couple of days. Did you see, see that? Snake Island, you know, the famous Snake Island? Uh, yeah. Of uh, the... Um, FU Russia that didn't happen. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it was in the news game because uh, so basically the Russians set up a uh, they obviously occupied Snake Island, it's only a tiny little island. It's kind of strategically important, but it's tiny little tiny little island off the coast of Odessa. And um, I think they had an anti missile uh, system on there, um, but and it was attacked. I think by I think it was attacked. People might have seen video going around. <clears throat> it's on Telegram channels and some of it's on Twitter as well, where it was attacked by um, the Ukrainians, supposedly, uh, and it was hit. But I think it was the only, at the time, it was the only thing really on the island. It was just, just the, the group that were operating the anti-ship missile, uh, anti-aircraft or air defense missile system, Russian air defense missile system on this island. And it was hit by a Ukrainian missile or a Ukrainian, probably a drone, uh, drone attack or whatever, um, and then the I think there's there's video also of two planes flying in and bombing, kind of just bombing the island really at a really low altitude or whatever. And it's kind of funny because I don't have the video here, but it's um, the two planes. It's kind of an infrared camera and two planes fly in. You see the explosions going off, but the second one, uh, they're really low and it looks like the. I mean, it was kind of dangerous because. The the second one probably like, kind of flew through the the explosion the mm. the of 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 the first one anyway so the Ukrainians um, emboldened by that decided to try and reoccupy the island right so they landed <clears throat> uh, I, I think a uh, I think a la- uh, there was a ship in the area uh, a Ukrainian ship in the area they landed an Mi eight helicopter and with a bunch of you know troops to kind of um, you know, take the island, and uh, and then those two planes that had bombed it just before um, were still flying around. So they figured that because they hit this anti this Russian anti missile system, they could go in there with impunity. But then it turns out that 
um, the Russians uh, shot down the two aircraft, sank the Ukrainian ship, and destroyed the the, the helicopter that had landed with the, the troops. And I have that video. Put, put up the Mi-8, that MP4. Uh, Scotty, this, and, but the strange thing before you just watch this, this is on Twitter and stuff, and you see this on Twitter as being reported as um, Ukrainian, uh, a Ukrainian drone again. They keep using these drones, you know, the Turkish drones. Ukrainian drone bombs a Russian uh, Mi 8 helicopter with troops on it, but you can just see it here. I think the note there is that the three guys in front of the plane, there's one moving there, mm. a couple of guys beside, there's a guy to the right as well. They're basically lying down, so this is like a party that has come out of the plane. Now, this is an island that was, uh, that the Ukrainians clearly are trying to take, basically, to take back, you know, and then that happens. Now, that's not a drone, the kind of bombs that the Russian drones can, or the Turkish drones can carry. That's That's not... Uh, they, they they don't carry that size of of, of ordnance, you know. Yeah. That's like maybe like a two hundred and fifty pound bomb or something like that, like so, an Iskander or something. Yeah. Uh, so um, a two, a two, yeah, a missile with a two hundred fifty gram kilogram warhead or something like that. So that's the island, you know. But um, yeah, it's just it's more exa- it's it's just another example of the disinformation that the Ukrainians put out there. You know what I mean? Turning object defeat into yeah, they just, a propaganda victory. Yeah, they just switch around, and the fact of the matter is. The Russians were on Snake Island. They had a missile, anti-aircraft missile system on the island. That was about it. That missile system got hit. And then the Ukrainians landed. And they're the ones who were in that video. landed with, you know, with a, with a helicopter and they're trying to take it back. That's where they're fanning out and lying down. So the Russians wouldn't, wouldn't do that on, on an island that they actually own, that they actually have already occupied, right? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't. It's clearly a re- Ukrainian helicopter that got destroyed. And again, then the, the Russian Ministry of Defense put out a circular saying that that happened, plus those two aircraft that had just bombed the island were, were very quickly afterwards shot down, and a ship that was in the area was uh, sank, sunk. Huh. Sinked So anyway, uh, it's just another detail in the ongoing... Uh, a Snake Island, that's not far from Transnistria. Right. And uh, Ukraine's... Southwest. Did you mention last week there were a number of incidents in Transnistria, drone attacks? I mentioned yet in terms of it possibly being uh, possibly being an area where it would kind of expand. But the problem is the Ukrainians would like to expand, would like to take, would like to invade Transnistria in order to open a kind of another front because there are Russian peacekeepers there, officially peacekeepers there, but they won't do it because. Moldova does not want them to do it, and Transnistria is, you know, as far as Moldova is concerned, still part of Moldova, and the Moldova government does not want Transnistria to be brought into this conflict. Although the Ukrainians would like to do that, like I said, in order to, yeah. you know, pull Russian attention yeah. in that direction. You know, you just, you just summer. It was only a news flash, yeah. and it was about ten days ago. It was a couple of days worth. Uh, Washington Post headline, Mysterious Attacks in Transnistria Add Further Intrigue to Ukraine War. Mm. The following day, Kiev invited Moldova to invade Transnistria. Right. You captured it before. That yeah. can be used against this kind yeah. of thing. Um, Moldova said, uh-uh, not a chance. And that, that's been the end of it mm-hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so Moldova, no, no spread of the war there at this point. What do you think, though? On April 28th, maybe you saw that, the head of the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service, Dasnarishkin, announced that um, 
Washington and Warsaw were preparing a plan to establish Poland's control over its, quote, historical possessions in yeah. Ukraine. The Polish, do you think the Polish like that? <laughs> On uh, just a few days ago, actually, President Duda of Poland gave this speech. I think it was on a Polish national holiday about Ukraine and Poland having no border and being brotherly nations. Mm -hmm. It's kind of setting the scene in a way for possibly um, when Russia, as they, it exposes the fact that they expect that Russia will achieve its military objectives as they keep on talking about, which is, which I think I mentioned previously, uh, taking about a third of the country uh, under fully, fully, full. Russian control, i.e. a third of the east from the east, a third of the way over the country, uh, which includes down to Odessa and along all of the Black Sea coast, basically, and all of Donbass, um, and, and, and a bit further inland, um, westwards. And when that happens, then um, it's possible that NATO would, there would be a de facto split of Ukraine and into separate countries, and the in order to prevent Russia from creeping further westwards. Instead of NATO pushing eastwards up against Russia, this would be a case of Russia potentially creeping or pushing westwards up against Poland, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, Russia, Russia's goal kind of is to, is to flip the narrative, flip the, the script, basically. And instead of having Ukraine as a virulently anti-Russian country right on Russia's borders, it wants to have Ukraine as a profoundly pro-Russian uh, militarized along Russian lines, a uh, country on Europe's borders, right? Except for how a do you rump, like them apples? Except for a rump that is Western Ukraine, and right? That's but if left to if left to their devices, they may, you know, yeah. may think about or you know, eventually as as things pan out, you know, it may become possible to for all of Ukraine to fall, new government obviously, and then it to be denazified in full, and it to be pro-Russian. Um, so in that scenario, the Poles and the EU, and it's, it's a U.S. plan, probably a U.S. Uh, conceived uh, scenario, um, where they wouldn't necessarily incorporate. I don't know why they're talking about incorporating it as you know these are historical lands. That kind of that's almost like taking it away from Ukraine, but it would be more like you know it would become uh, shared between you know Ukraine and Poland, with Poland slash NATO providing defense or you know what I mean it's obviously very complicated and it's to be seen how how things pan out you know but that's what they're envision, envisioning um, by saying that they're envisioning the partition of Ukraine yeah and western Ukraine being in some form or other under yeah western government like NATO protection political military whatever protection yeah so they're exposing what they no, to be the, the truth, really. They're tacitly acknowledging reality. Yes. And yet they dump more and more weapons to prolong it. Yeah, to, to make lots so, of money. To make lots of money, but also to, issue, to extract the highest cost possible. Um, Putin yeah. was prompted to warn, again, this is, may have, this is last week, the week before his news, but the statement is strong, isn't it? He um, speaking to some group in St. Petersburg and talking about lightning, lightning fast response from Moscow if countries continue interfering in Ukraine. It's specific, uh, the exact quote is, if someone intends to intervene into the ongoing events in Ukraine from the outside and creates unacceptable strategic threats for us, then they will know, they should know that our response to these strikes will be swift, lightning fast. 
Mm-hmm. And we won't brag. We will. We have the tools for this. We will use them if needed. Mm-hmm. So maybe we maybe we've already got that this week um, with the number of strikes right across Western Ukraine against railway sites and key bridges, one near Odessa. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe that's all that's needed for now. It's hard to say. It sounds like when Putin says something like that, you're thinking, you know, oh, Jesus, that's amazing. It prompted people, actually, a flurry of BS, probably BS because it's predicting tomorrow that May 9th, Putin would use his annual speech at the Victory Parade on, on Red Square to declare a full mobilization and a massive escalation yeah, in the and war. Then, and Square. then I think Shoigu or somebody came out and said, no, we're not going to do that. That's bullshit. So, nah. Uh, they just make stuff up and present it as fact. Throw up the Reuters.com article just to change tack a little bit, although it's kind of related. Um, 25 million tons of grain stuck in Ukraine, says the UN Food Agency. So, yeah, that's to be expected. 25 million tons of grain are stuck in Ukraine and unable to leave the country due to infrastructure challenges and blocked Black Sea ports, including Mariupol, according to the UN. The, f- the blockages are seen as a factor behind high food prices, which hit a record high in March. Well, why don't you stop uh, waging war in that country then? No. Yeah. Why doesn't NATO stop uh, prolonging the war? Well, we don't care about food food price. Uh, why does NATO prevent food shortages and Zelensky from suing for peace? Yeah, and of course, go to the next one, CNN. Just uh, for the CNN spin on that article, on that on that story, Russians steal vast amounts of Ukrainian grain and equipment threatening this year's harvest. So it's not that it's just blocked as a result of the war, but Russians are actually, according to CNN, Russians are stealing Ukrainian grain and gorging themselves on it, you know, like raw, raw, raw wheat and, uh, and equipment, not only equipment, but tractors and combine harvesters. They're putting them on flatbed trucks and shipping them over the border into, into Russia to sell them on the, on the black market to fund their uh, failing military campaign. That's all they can do, selling tractors to the highest bidder. I think I saw one on the local, uh, the local uh, buy and sell website. Yeah, Ukrainian tractor going cheap. And it was a, Ru- a Russian selling it. <laughs> kind of raise funds for the war effort, you know. Um, Russian forces are stealing farm equipment and thousands of tons of grain from Ukrainian farmers in areas they have occupied, uh, which is nonsense because the, Rus- <coughs> the areas Russia has occupied are is so far primarily in Donbass, and Russia is in the process of you know actively in the process of building back up the the areas of the Donbass economy that has been destroyed after eight years of war by Ukraine on the Donbass. So the idea that they would be stealing the grain from the people that they're... And they're also providing a lot of humanitarian aid. So what, they're stealing it and and while at the same time providing humanitarian aid? How do you square that? Of course, it's CNN, so it's complete bullshit. Well, I've had the response from people on Twitter and elsewhere... Oh, but that humanitarian aid they're hanging, handing out to people from the back of trucks and stuff, that's humanitarian aid they stole from the Ukrainian side. So, yeah, it looks good that they're helping people stole in from Mariupol, where? but they stole it. Stole it from where? From the areas they occupy? Yeah. Which is the Donbass, which is where Mariupol is. So they're stealing the grain from, Mar- from people in the Donbass to give it to the people in Donbass. Is that stealing? If I steal your stuff and give it back to you, have I stole it? Or have I just got it together and given it to you because you can't get it together yourself? The latter. Right. Again, CNN, that's horseshit. Um, of course, CNN headlines, well, dozens feared dead after Russia bombed school shelter, bombing 
you know, I don't know, dog shelters, bombing, um, old people's homes, all that kind of stuff. It's just hardcore BS propaganda. Um, but yeah, supply chain issues. If you do, if you do supply chain problems or supply chain uh, uh, backlog or whatever on Google or any search engine, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, from the past few days, but of course it's ongoing. Apple forecasts up to 8 billion hit from supply chain problems. Um, Under Armour, you know Under Armour, the clothes manufacturer, Mm. expects protracted supply chain challenges due to freight costs, capacity issues, and growing disruption from COVID-19 spread in China. So freight costs, one of the the things to say about this is like freight companies this year are posting massive profits. Mm. Oil companies this year are posting massive profits. You know, so there's a, there's a glut going on in the areas that are being blamed for supply chain, like end-user supply chain problems, like you, like you and me not being able to get certain items is, uh, is as a result of, uh, at least partly as a result of uh, freight shipping companies and oil companies putting their price up or just general prices going up for you and me. Not, 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 not necessarily us not being able to get certain things, although that's included, but first and foremost, the price of things going up is directly correlated with a massive spike in profits for companies that are responsible for uh, supplying those things that that we're paying more money for. So basically, <laughs> when we pay more money for them, it's going to freight, uh, international sh- shipping companies and oil companies and others. Uh, so when you look at it, it's like, so couldn't they, couldn't they just take like less profits and then, mm-hmm. which means that the average end user wouldn't have to pay so much? Uh-huh. No, shut up. Shut up. <coughs> shut up and take your vaccine. Couldn't the government mandate this or that? Some forms of price controls. Shut up, you commie. Well, hang on a second. The government was able to mandate all kinds of things for two years. Mm-hmm. Very successfully. We now know they can do that when they have to. Yep. Uh, but suddenly they can't again. The one common denominator f- connecting the pandemic with today is the unbelievable explosion in the, what's it called? the Gini coefficient, that mm-hmm. measure of the gap between the poorest and the richest mm-hmm. in any given country. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the wealth transfer uh, during the pandemic was, like, it was already high. It's been, and it, it goes, it grows every year and every decade, especially in the West. Mm-hmm. But after the pandemic, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And that continues. That's the same trend that's going on. Behind all the narratives, behind all the reasons, behind all the agendas, that's the key indicator. That's the sign of, that's the real sign of the times. It's like, whether it's because they subconsciously um, worry or fear, I don't think these people fear much, but they sense the good times might end soon. Yeah. So they become that bit more ruthless mm-hmm. and take that bit more mm-hmm. and price gouge. Yep. And, uh, who knows what they do? Kill off competitors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we saw with Gazprom executives. I mean, there might be an element of that going on. It's pure. It's not, just, not necessarily get Russia tactics 
with those four gas two Gazprom executives who died. There could mm-hmm. also be like just simple, pure naked um, doggy dog stuff going on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the, the at the end of the day, that's the sign of the times because historically this happens every time. It is a law of nature, so to speak, an economic law that is hard baked. When things get messy, when um, social division and chaos increases, when wars and civil wars increase and revolutions come on scene and people are angry, etc., etc., the one thing that they all have in common, behind all the reasons that are given at the kind of surface level, whether it was the fall of Rome or the more recently the fall of the Ottoman Empire mm-hmm. or the collapse of the medieval period that led to the Black Death, mm-hmm. which kind of was the last thing that happened. The first thing that happened was massive wealth inequality. Mm-hmm. They had been very stable period, medieval Europe, um, where there was generally not that much of a gap between rich and poor, but people have tracked it. They found enough receipts that could be receipts from trade between companies, between lord and mm-hmm. landlord and serf, um, or simple receipts from going to the market. And there's enough that you can actually plug it into computer programmers and then you see the same whoosh, sharp just before calamity. It's like people sense it. Mm-hmm. And those who already have a lot sense it as well. And they act more so. Because mm-hmm. of fear, fear of losing it. The more you have, the more you fear so uh, it, that's how you can you have the lens now to understand Bill Gates at this time. Did he suddenly become a freaking angel and want to give away all his money, or did he invest smart? Mm-hmm. And, and he's selling the product, yeah. you know, the pandemic, the pandemic, and he's getting richer and richer from it. It's just one example. All all of the billionaires, I mean, are trillionaires now. Some of them. Um, look at Amazon's profits from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Yeah, go ahead. Did you see Bill Gates in the news again recently? Yeah, because he said uh, he's decided that uh, we we may have exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But like that's so predictable. Like I knew that was going to happen. I was just waiting, and it was torturous to kind of wait, have to wait until it was all done and dusted. Nobody cared anymore. And there's nothing you could do about it. To have all of these statements from the same sources who are telling you to be terrified and hide in your house to sit, to, to to come around now and say, well, actually, yeah, it wasn't so bad. It's like. But they justified by saying, well, we didn't know at the time, so we went full full scare tactics in order to terrify people. But if people don't have an understanding of how to read, the, you know, if they don't understand the nature of those people, the nature of the system under which we live, the nature of the people that populate, uh, you know, populate politics and business uh, and, you know, behind the scenes, however far you want to go, if, if people don't understand uh, the nature of those people, then they're, you're totally unable to, to, to interpret you know, what's been said to you that, or interpret or understand the way that you're being manipulated, the way you're being lied to, and that these people have an agenda to control you and to manipulate you for their own gain. If you don't understand that, you're screwed. You're going to take everything they say at face value. Um, but like right from the get-go, we were like, yeah, this is bullshit, but we just have to suffer through it until... And, and then also suffer after the fact whenever... All of the statements come out officially saying it was all bullshit and what we were saying at the time was true, but no one's listening anymore. No one cares anymore and there's nothing you can do about it anymore. February 2020. Someone go back and look at our shows right here. We said it's not much worse than the flu. Yeah. Two and a half years. Oh, censored. Banned. Shut up. Two and a half years later, Bill Gates to Fareed Zachariah, whatever his name is, mm. that um, CFO guy at mm-hmm. the CNN. 
Yeah. It was kind of like it a It wasn't flu. much worse than the flu. Yeah. And it would have killed the same people. Those people that died, they were going to die anyway. Uh, they wouldn't have survived much longer anyway because they had other illnesses and blah, blah, blah. Um, what about in the US? We never talk about America, internal po- American politics. Roe versus Wade. What do you know about, know about Roe versus Wade? Need? Roe versus Wade uh, was a Supreme Court ruling in the 1960s or early 70s yeah. that overturned yeah. some states' ban on abortion. Anyway, it, it opened the way... Legalized abortion. It legalized abortion mm-hmm. nationwide, I think, um, regardless of what states had, individual states mm-hmm. had previously ruled. So, yeah, that ushered in the modern... That led to, yeah, I some figures are insane from America, 60, 60 70 million abortions, something like that. And a bit, at the time, you know, it was for this reason or that reason or this reason, but those reasons just became so insanely wide and mm-hmm. liberal, ultra-liberal, mm-hmm. to the point where there are post-term abortions. Do you know that? Mm. In California, I think, you can actually have the baby terminated after birth. I hope that's not a rumor. I not, read that somewhere. Or maybe really, it's in the pipeline. It's not really an abortion at that point, is it? It's just, uh, no. It's just murder. But, um, so what did the Supreme Court rule? This well, week? it was leaked by was someone. Leaked. leaked by someone, probably in the Democratic Party, that the Supreme Court... Uh, the Supreme Court justices were getting, were getting to, had been getting together and were planning to overturn Roe versus Wade, right? To make, um, of course, I think it's probably fairly unlikely that they were going to do that. Although maybe to some extent, I don't know exactly because it hasn't actually come out even mm. yet. But the leak was the news this week, basically, that this was going to happen and got all lots of people all worked up, all the leftist kind of uh, extreme lefty types got all worked up about you know my body my choice and how dare you mm. how dare a bunch of men however many of them get together and uh, decide what it's right you know what a woman can and can't do, do with her body blah blah blah, blah. Um, but it, it's funny how it, the whole abortion topic has is made such an issue such an issue is made of it when already on the on the books in, in most countries and, and in the hearts and minds of, of the average person it's understood what, you know, that that, that that there's a there's a solution to this supposed thorny issue that can't be resolved, you know. And of course, if it's presented in extreme black and white, like full abortion up to full t- or abortion up to full term, or no abortion whatsoever in any circumstances, because it's absolute murder no matter what. It, mm. yeah, there's no meeting between those two positions, but there is somewhere in the middle, of course. And the U.S. But, over so, the decades has gradually driven itself slash been driven to these extremes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's one or the other so this is going to this has already produced results the, the Democrat Party Chuck Schumer and others are at their attending rallies mm-hmm. effectively calling on the mob to go and threaten the homes they already have the right they already have they Kavanaugh. got the Kavanaugh's house yeah. and we have ways and means and as Tucker Carlson pointed out in one of his monologues last week ways and means hang on a second the Supreme Court justices are appointed for life you cannot have them fired. That's the tenet everyone agrees with mm-hmm. the United States. You don't replace them unless mm-hmm. they themselves voluntarily step down. So you're threatening physical harm against them. That's the intimidation. Only, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's it's the kind of thing that uh, will be the in the end. This will be the the quote to come back to the top of our show. There won't be a nuclear holocaust in the United States, there's going to be such internal division that things will collapse 
in stages, in places, first here, first there. Um, I can see a point where judges are... I know of a country where judges are killed. Mm. Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Since 2014, Ukraine is in such a state that that kind of thing has happened. Mm. Um, It's unofficially sanctioned from someone on high to have that judge whacked because... Well, obviously that doesn't last forever. Russia has kind of come in, if you look at it this way, it's come in to save Ukraine for Mm. real from the interminable fate of just slowly falling apart and rotting. Mm -hmm. So, because that's the trajectory it was on. Mm -hmm. The United States probably, like we said at the start, won't have someone come in and cut off the head of the beast or cut out the cancer that's rotting at it. It's out there on its own geographically in the North Atlantic. The worst fate that awaits the United States is such extreme internal division that things collapse uh, degrade and progressively quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's no san- there's no sanity there anymore in the in the public discourse, and it's been fueled by the media and by division in in, in, in government. You know that although government isn't divided, right? The, the Washington establishment is a is a singular entity, but they put up a, put on a show of being on two two separate yeah. sides. And it's true for most of them. There's the odd one like Ron Paul and and stuff like that who are genuine. Uh, uh, you know. Kind of truth tellers and want the best for want want to solve problems, but the vast majority of the politicians are just on in in their in their two camps. But the purpose of them being in those two camps, despite the fact that they're actually unified as government in opposition to the people, the purpose of them having those two camps is to is to uh, project that difference and those differences onto the population and to help to divide the population against each other. Mm. And that's what's happening. Um, yeah. So it's irresponsible it's government, totally- psychopathic. Pathocratic government that's causing uh, the divisions. Ultimately, that's fueling the divisions within the country. They think they're so <clears> smart. They think like, okay, you guys, Republicans, you go hard black on this issue, and we'll go hard white. And you know, um, secretly we'll meet in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, divide and conquer, right? Mm-hmm. And then on another issue, Ukraine, it's a hundred percent. They're all united behind mm-hmm. foreign mm-hmm. policy, usually. Yeah. And and it's become it's. It's become acceptable. This, this is the way to rule, that this is sustainable. And these, these guys can't see it. They can't. I, I look at the United States and I go, you may be richer, but you don't look much different to me right now than Ukraine. Mm-hmm. The, the civil strife, again, people will be fortunate if there's enough political will among some group of people to start a civil war because a civil war would at least be it might drag on for years like America's last civil war mm-hmm. but at least it would be a fairly discreet ending and a possible chance to to reset and to save what's left of the United States at that point mm-hmm. but they're not even going to have that kind of opportunity it's it's worse than that it's like extreme cancer yeah it reminds me of that uh, quote by uh, Thoreau, Thoreau David, Henry David Thoreau um there are a thousand hacking at the branches mm. of evil to one who's hacking at the root uh, or striking the root. Um, and that's that's the problem, you know. Uh, hacking at the branches of evil are, are, are the, the pseudo-problems pseudo or pseudo-evils yeah. of the day, the ideological uh, positions that people take. And it's just surface, superficial stuff that isn't really meaningful. And nobody is actually pointing out the problems, which uh, the root of evil uh, in in the world today 
and if we focus on America, then the root of evil is effectively in the, in the Washington establishment and what they are doing to the country and to the people there. But what they don't realise as well is that they're undermining the support base that keeps them propped up uh, in, in their privileged positions. You know what I mean? They're, 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 they're kind of cutting the branch that they're sitting on in a certain sense, you know, and profiting through doing that. Uh, maintaining themselves in power and, and thereby maintaining their own personal profit from being in power, because that's a big part of what a politician is all about, is, is to enrich themselves. Uh, and they're just gorging themselves on it. And while doing that, they're undermining the foundation that allows them to have those, that position of power. And the whole thing will come, come crashing down eventually. And yeah. In yeah. a slow motion wreck. Yeah. But I think it's going to speed up. I, I don't think that this can go on for decades. It's years. It's years out, I think. I mean, the U.S., another development in the United States last week, this new disinformation, sir. Yeah. Like, it's a joke, like, left or right, it doesn't matter. Like, everyone agrees in the U.S., like, freedom of speech is like, First Amendment, you know, second, First Amendment, like, you, you, you can't do that. This is, you don't do that, you know. But you do do that if you realize you are, not realize, I don't know how they would perceive it, it's somehow felt that they are out of sync with the will of the people, that they are not ruling in line with, that they have already crossed the line, that they are no longer legitimate. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm hinting at here vis-a-vis -vis last year's election, but right. um, a disinformation SAR, Ministry of Truth, people are calling it, Rand Paul himself included. That's, just, that's exactly what it is. The United States, it's one thing, like in Europe, we kind of, it's no better. In Europe, they just, the European Union does that kind of thing by decree, they can go over the heads of national governments here and just block mm -hmm. all Russian media from the airwaves in Europe, which have had varying degrees of success in doing. You can still find it online. But, but Neil, don't worry, because Jen Psaki is no longer... Don't worry about disinformation, because Jen Psaki is going to... No. Where's she going? No, where's she, where going, is she to? going? MSNBC. And there's oh. a new person. Let's, let's, let's hear from the... Uh, I'm going to miss Chucky. <laughs> Chucky, uh, yeah, chuck it up there, Chucky it up there. It's not on the screen. Hey, We're not everyone. seeing anything, Scotty. Been a bit of an exciting day around here. <clears throat> yeah, well, we that part. Been a bit of an exciting day around here. Um, so, uh, before I get to the briefing, I just want to start by uh, I'm the cry. <laughs> okay. Cry. Um, I want to talk about my friend Kareen. You've got to come up here. So, um, uh, I just want to uh, take the opportunity to celebrate and congratulate my friend, my colleague. My partner in truth, Corinne Jean-Pierre, partner next truth, White yeah. House press secretary. My partner in truth. They're going, they're going to be... She, she said at some point that they're going to be... You know, I understand how important it is for so many people out there. Um, bringing the truth. So many different communities that I um, stand on their shoulders, and I have yeah. been throughout my career. Okay. And so it is we an can... honor and a privilege <laughs> to be behind this podium in the about main a week or so when Jane is, is ready. Obviously um, not and to be, that, you know, stop that that is the main thing is No, you have to let her talk. She's black and LGBTQ plus She's lesbian. Oh, God. And and 
By God, I'm going to let her talk. (laughs) No, I'm not. Uh, But yeah, it's obviously male. Obviously, you know, that's that's an issue that I would, you know, I stay away from basically because I'm not going to turn around and say that you know that it's a cynical move to put a black woman in as as White House spokesperson. We shouldn't care. We shouldn't even care. It shouldn't be an issue. But they're making an issue. America of it. is a black country from, right. from its foundation. For God's sake, it's part black. <laughs> well, partly, but fifteen from sixteen hundreds, fifteen percent of the population. But it's so fine. It's so fine. You can have a black president now and again. Fine. If you want to be representative of the people in the country, you should have a black president, a Hispanic president, whatever. Uh, spokesperson, who cares? But like you're saying, they make a big issue of it. They shove it in people's faces as if to say, you know, this is amazing because the first time we've ever had a black uh, White House spokesperson, and isn't this awesome? We're finally striking a blow against. They had uh, a black president for eight years. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. But anyway, she's lesbian and what? black, so we should all celebrate today. No, we shouldn't care, like you said. It shouldn't be an issue at all. They, I mean, that's that's like they had the first redhead as well. Yeah, first Chucky. First ginger. Yep. Do we have that's any? Why? Why is she wearing white? It's triggering me. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, she is wearing white. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't triggered. Triggered by that. Uh, you black Chucky. Oh You're blind God. to that kind of thing. Yeah. I am. I'm yeah. colorblind. I need a a mentor, a mentor, to expose my white, uh, subconscious white white racism, or subconscious racism, whatever. Do you have other U.S. news? No. I managed to tune it out the last while. No, there hasn't been much going on there, really, to be honest, of any note. Uh, I mean, again... Other of, than of the usual shrill... The usual blah, yeah. blah, blah. You know, there's been a bit about Pfizer. 80, Pfizer released 80,000 documents. Mm-hmm. 80,000 pages, sorry, of documents. And people were saying, oh, it's, it exposed the fact that uh, they knew that in the trials, uh, a lot of people had died in the trials and... But it wasn't. It was actually the first three months of the rollout of the vaccine that 1,243 or something people had died out of X millions or whatever that had mm. actually received the vaccine the first. Um, but you don't even need, I mean, I don't think there's going to be any smoking gun in that respect. People are looking for smoking guns in terms of uh, Pfizer knew this or the other. But um, it's, all, it's all already out there. All, inf- all the information that undermines the official narrative about vaccines is already out there and has been out there for many months now you know what I mean um, we've talked about it many times on the show obviously in the way that it was you know the whole COVID pandemic business was overplayed Bill, Bill Gates himself has stated that it was overplayed and overstated uh, the vaccines have been proven to be not the lifesavers that they were uh, they're, they're, they're not necessary for children they're not necessary for the average healthy adult they don't stop uh, you contracting the disease they don't stop you spreading it they may reduce severity of it in people who are very vulnerable but that's about it that's where it's at. I mean, it's all out there already. So it was a big con. It was a big con in the in the context of the way that they presented it and the way that it actually is. That doesn't mean that mRNA vaccines don't actually help some people or don't or, or don't provide some immunity. But again, mRNA vaccines are an untested on large human population. Um, you know, uh, untested medicine, and um, it was very dangerous to. To, to th- throw it out like that uh, yeah. to the entire globe against the coronavirus, yeah. you know, like the flu, notoriously difficult to yeah. vaccinate against right. successfully. They yeah. knew that, but yeah. Um, well, it's not even a vaccine because te- technical description of a vaccine is something that technically vaccines t- up until now stop you getting sick and stop you, like for the most part, stop you getting sick and stop you spreading it. Uh, this mRNA vaccine, experimental, they call it gene therapy, let's say, did not 
do either of those two things. And they admitted it, so whatever. Yeah, it's just one more thing. It just you know, that's water under the bridge, and I Ukraine know. will be water under the bridge, and the next thing will come along, and that'll be you know, and eventually it'll get to hopefully it'll get to a, a denouement uh, at some point um, where all the bullshit stops and people start to wake up and realize you know we're heading in the wrong direction, and hopefully it won't be before before the cliff edge. There's no point in saying you're heading in the wrong direction as you're falling off the cliff face. You know, ideally you should come to that realization slightly before the cliff edge I don't know I can see a lot of like hashtag I'm standing on the cliff edge as they're falling off (laughs) (laughs) yeah any uh, Chucky yeah um, the Ukrainians are standing strong against Hitler Putin Wayne Nelson yes they are absolutely totally agree with that well, there any, we didn't get any uh, questions this week, so people were just helping me out last week with all their questions, right? I work at a vitamin store, and there's a huge drop in sales of pregnancy supplements the last few months. Huh. I, everybody's getting an abortion? <laughs> no. <that's laughs> everybody's rushing to get abortions the, before they ban them? I, thi- I think pregnancy rates dropped significantly during the pandemic. Um I think I saw that. There were a few reports where people were talking it up. In some locales, it increased. And it was kind of like, yay, people are at home. So there's more, you mm. know, baby making going on. But actually, overall, uh, birth, rates, birth rates are down. Yeah. And that happens. There are long-term historical studies to show um, they think the reason, <clears> in quotes, <throat> for it is that um, women in particular, when they get a uh, a negative sense of the forecast of the coming future. Yeah. They just, it's not, they they stop, it's not they stop having sex. They just don't want to bring they a child get, into They the don't world. get pregnant yep. as much. Oh, they don't. Like near almost from a almost biological, a biological imperative type thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think we've done this one to death today. Uh, no pun intended. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it. I uh, hope, your spirit animal enjoyed this week's show as well, as much as obviously enjoyed last week's show. Hasn't said very much this week either, but I'm sure has been thinking quite a lot about what we've been saying. What's gonna... that? What's that? Joe was mean to you. No, he wasn't. Not at all. That's why he's back this week. If, well, if I was mean to him last week, is it him or her? It's a Z, is it? It's a Z. Z. If I was mean to Z last week... Uh, he wouldn't be here. She, Z wouldn't be here. I can't do that. Z wouldn't be here this week. Anyway, uh, yeah. So um, we'll leave it there for this week, folks. Thanks for watching, commenting. Exit strategy, strategy for U.S. residents. Inland. You've got a vast continent. They won't all be doomed. Maybe get out of cities, large cities. Dig a hole and jump into it. Yeah. No, you don't need an exit strategy. Just keep your wits about you. Yeah. So... Thanks, guys, for listening, watching, whatever. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll be back next week with another one, of course, uh, on whatever's been going on between now and then. And thanks for commenting. And don't forget to smash all the buttons, uh, as you are meant to do. So, yeah. Have a good day, evening, afternoon, night, wherever you are. See you later. Till next week. Bye. Can't stop the signal now. Mm-hmm.